up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries and we've got an awesome program for you. I know you're going to enjoy it today and you're going to want to get more copies of this. So give us a call, 618-383-2107 or log on to lonesomeroad.org or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back, listen, and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels turning from town to town. There's so much I gotta see. I gotta look around. I got diesel smoke rolling. From two chrome stacks, my address is 408-414, a big blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever to the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. My name's Gary Rayburn, and I want to introduce you to Lonesome Road Ministry. It's a ministry all about truckers and their families and whosoever's that are out on the road. We do podcasts, we do radio programs, and we do a CD ministry. And I hear from drivers every day who have been touched, have been changed, and their families are getting saved and changed. And I want to share a couple real quick testimonies with you from some of the drivers that have called in. Here's a driver, and this tells you how our ministry works. And it's very simple. One hand to the other hand. A driver handed this guy a CD, and he ended up getting saved. He's in church now. And he's become a part of our ministry. Hey, Gary. My name is Mark, and I'm a truck driver. And this morning, somebody handed me CDs. And I listened to them, and I would love to talk to somebody. I'm on the road, and and if someone could call and talk to me, I would really appreciate it. Thank you. Someone handed him a CD, and it changed not only his life, but it changed his family's life at home. I talked to Mark, and he told me that that CD had changed his life. He'd given his heart to the Lord, and him and his family were now in church, and they wanted to become a part 
of what we're doing. And we use a lot of different music and testimonies and some of the best preaching that you'll ever hear. Preaching like uh, messages by James Payne. Everybody loves James Payne. He is a great friend of the ministry. And he has some of the most anointed preaching you'll ever hear. And we use a lot of his preaching and a lot of his great music that he has. The drivers really connect with James Payne. Well, I'll let one of the drivers tell you about James Payne. Gary, this is Donnie. I've been listening to this James Payne, a lot of his CDs that you sent me in that I picked up. I, I just wanted to say that James Payne is an awesome, awesome pastor, testimony, and a man of God. I just am totally amazed at his abilities to preach, to sing, to play the guitar. He's a wonderful individual. Thank you. So as you see by that testimony right there, our uh, CDs, our podcasts, they not only reach lost and hurting people, but they also help Christian drivers out there on the road and brings them up. I remember when I first picked up a cassette tape on the road back in 1999, I thought, man, this is just what I need out here on the road. This is going to help me stay connected to Jesus. It's going to help me till I can get back to my family and my church. And... I looked in every truck stop I could find for these cassette tapes, and finally I picked up one, and the Lord spoke to me. This is your ministry. This is what I've called you to do. Start a tape ministry. So that is how the Lonesome Road ministry began way back in October of 2000. And God is wanting to raise us up to new levels. He's bringing more people to get involved in what we're doing. I mean, the trucking industry has so many new drivers. We hear from new drivers all the time, and it's very imperative that we get the gospel in the hands of these people out on the road. And I appreciate any support or help that you can give us. We covet your prayers. I'm going to be praying for you, and I'm praying that God will continue to bless your company, your business, your church, your health, your finances. We are blessed and highly favored if we choose to walk in it. I remember the night the end of my road in a motel in Nashville Searching for hope In my hand was a Bible I read as a child On the table was a bottle That was driving me wild I poured the whiskey Into the glass I prayed it would help me forget my past Then I read how Jesus died on that tree And I poured out the whiskey and fell down on my knees And that night old Jack Daniels 
met John 3.16 God's word broke the hold That he had over me I traded Tennessee whiskey For Calvary's tree That night old Jack Daniels Met John 3.16 When I see those old friends That I used to know Down at that old place Where I used to go They tell me I'm different Than I used to be When I love to tell them what happened to me That night old Jack Daniels Met John 3.16 God's word broke the hope That he had over me I traded Tennessee whiskey For Calvary that night old Jack Daniels met John 3.16 That night old Jack Daniels met John 3.16 If you want to get in contact with James Payne, then log on to his website, jamespayneministries.com. Now here's that message by James Payne called Third Day. Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, beginning in verse 1. It says, to everything there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. Now, I believe that there's a set time or a due season for the following three things. Number one, impartation. Number two, revelation. And number three, manifestation. Now, I also know that information is the doorway to impartation, revelation, and manifestation. Whether you want to believe it or not, God will work through you to the extent of your knowledge of Him and His Word. I'm convinced that is the reason we don't see more happening in the body of Christ is because not enough time is spent in His Word and in His presence so he can teach us. Now I want to talk about four things. Number one, potential. Number two, power. Number three, provision. And number four, presence. Now, in Genesis, the first chapter, 
verses 11 through 13 in the New Living Bible. It reads like this. Let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant, and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants, and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. And evening passed and morning came, making the third day. Now, if you want to title this, I'll just title it The Third Day. And I want to talk to you about being a third day generation. Jesus rose from the dead on the now, it's not a coincidence that God created the seed on the third day of creation. Because Jesus was going to be that seed that on the third day would come forth and multiply. Are you with me? Now, what sparked my interest in this is 2 Peter 3, verse 8, in the New King James Version. It said, Beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Taking that into consideration, we are in the 13th year of the third day. Am I right? So we are the third day generation. That's very important that you realize we are the third day generation. Now, what does that mean? Well, In the book of Hosea, the sixth chapter, beginning with verse number one, down through verse number three, it says, come and let us return to the Lord, for he is torn, but he will heal us. He is stricken, but he will bind us up. Now watch. After two days, he will revive us. Every great revival that I've read about in history took place in the second day. Pentecost, as we know it today, took place around 1907. I preached in the tabernacle in Wichita, Kansas, or Topeka, Kansas, where the first camp meeting for Pentecost was held. It was in the middle of July. It was about 102 degrees and no air conditioning. It's an open air cathedral. It's something I will never forget as long as I live. I almost preached on hell that night because I felt I had a built-in illustration. But notice, he said, in two days, I will revive you. 
Now, most people that I know today and most preachers today and most evangelists today and most churches today are seeking the same thing, and that is we need revival. Am I right? They say, we need revival. And I used to be the greatest proponent for revival until I began to study about the third day. You see, revival is to revisit a place where you have once been. But I'm not convinced that God wants us to go back to where we once were. I'm convinced he wants us to go to a place we've never been. You missed a great place to say amen right there. Why would I want to go back to where I once was when I can go to where I've never been? You see, every, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I, I want to read on. In two days, he will revive us. But on the third day, he will raise us up. Now, why, why would I want to go back to where I once was when I can be raised up to a place where I've never been? But you see, the thing about God, he always grants you your petition and he will answer your prayer. So if you're praying to go back to a better time, just remember, you got to go through all that hell that you went through <laughs> Forget that. See, I like that. She said, forget that. You see, but he said, on the third day, I will raise you up. Now watch this. That we may live in his sight. Let us know and let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. He will come to us like rain like the latter and the former rain. Here's what a great translation said. A time when the Holy Spirit comes to put new life in his people or give them a spiritual lift to prepare them for a new dimension in himself, a new warfare, a confrontation. He will raise us up or equip us with all that we need to become renewed in purity, power, and authority. The three things that are missing in the church today, purity, power, and authority. God wants us to start seeking to be a third day generation. A third day generation. Now, let me go on. How many of you recall Abraham? Genesis 12, God said, Abraham, come out of your house and come out of your, away from your relatives and I'm gonna show you the land, you know, and take you to a place you've never been to before. Am I right? Come on, I'm gonna take you somewhere you've never been before. And Hebrews said, he went out not knowing where he went. We got a church today that wants a map. We got a church today that does not have a pioneer spirit. We got a church today that wants everything, you know, designed and laid out so they'll know what to expect next. I'm gonna tell you something, I've been serving God 45 years and you don't know from one minute to the next if you're walking by faith, 
You don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. You don't know what God's got planned, but we do know Ecclesiastes 3.1, there is a season and there's a time for every purpose under heaven. And if you just keep walking in faith, God will bring you into that season and God will raise you up and God will equip you and anoint you for what he has for you and renew you and bring you into the position and the place of power, purity and authority that he wants you to be. I'm preaching a lot better than your shout. But now, look, God raised Abraham up and then God said to Abraham when he's 75 years old, uh, he changed his name from Abram, which means father, to Abraham, which means, am I correct, Brother Jimmy? Father of many nations. I'm always nervous when Brother Jimmy's in, in service because I know he's going to correct me, you know. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I just want to check before I say that. And, and his wife, Sarah, and told him, she's 65, he's 75, I'm going to make you the father of many, of many nations. Right? But Abraham was 99 and Sarah was 89 before she got pregnant. Romans 4, 20 said he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Now, it's not anything for a 45-year-old, maybe, or a 35-year-old to give birth to a child, but you take a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman, they going to places they ain't never been before. Come on, amen, it ain't revival, God's raising them up. Come on, get real, talk to me, you see. But then just as, soon, just as sure as God gave him a child, God asked him for the child back. Now notice this. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to Abraham, and Abraham said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains on which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two young men with him and Isaac his son and split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. Now, are you reading with me? Are you reading with me? You need to notice this. Then on the third day, Hello, Abraham was a third day man. You see, Abraham was the father of faith. And if you're gonna walk in faith, you're gonna be like Abraham. You've got to be a third day person who hears from God and then obeys God. It was on the third day. Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place. Now, let's go on. God birthed a generation, the Israelites, out of Abraham. They ended up in Egypt, 430 years of slavery and bondage to the Pharaohs. Am I right? But now watch. God gets in a bush and talks to Moses. And Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, Pharaoh, God said, let his people go. You'll find this in Exodus, eighth chapter, beginning in verse 
number 25. And Pharaoh's response to Moses was, go ahead, worship God, but stay in Egypt. You see, we got people today, go ahead and worship God, but stay in the world. Worship God, but embrace homosexuality and lesbianism as an alternate lifestyle because it's part of the culture that we live in. Go ahead and worship God, just don't get all the way out of the world. But here's Moses' response in the 27th verse. We will go three days journey. We will go three days journey. You see, third day people get all the way out of Egypt. Moses knew that it was three days journey all the way out of Egypt across the Red Sea. And there we will sacrifice to the Lord. He comes back in the 28th verse. Pharaoh says, you can serve God, but don't go very far. Don't, you know, you can come church, just don't talk in tongues. Some of our largest Pentecostal churches today, Assembly God, Church of God, some of our largest Pentecostal churches, I've seen the contracts where staff members have to sign a contract that they won't speak in tongues on the Sunday morning service. They have to agree to that to be on staff. Ron, did you have to sign any kind of contract like that to come to River of Life? Come on, church. You ought to thank God we got a church and a pastor who wants a move of God that's not afraid to let the Holy Ghost have his way. Oh, I wish somebody would help me praise the Lord in this place tonight. I'm talking about third day people. People have not only been saved, they've been filled with the Holy Ghost and they operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Come on, we need a three-day church. We need a third-day generation that's not satisfied with where we have been, but says we're gonna go to a place we ain't never been before. There's something, we, everything that's happened up to now has been former rain, but honey, God's got latter rain. I believe entire cities are gonna be turned inside out by the power of God. I believe God's not only gonna move in the church house, he's gonna move in the White House. I believe the Holy Ghost is about to pour out the Spirit of God on this world like we ain't never seen in the history of the world. We're third day people. Moses goes back a third time. He says, Pharaoh, God said, let his people go. Pharaoh said, well, you can go, but leave your kids and your cattle and all your valuables, just leave them in Egypt. You see, that's what the devil would want the church to do today. He don't mind a doctor making 500000 a year. But you let a preacher make 50000 and the church has a heart attack. 
He don't mind all the preaching on generic Reader's Digest condensed versions of so-called gospel that makes everybody feel good. But he don't like hellfire and brimstone and he don't like that heaven's high and hell's hot and you gotta be born again. He don't like none of that. You see, third day people are not afraid of that. I said third day people not afraid of that. People that have come into a third day revelation of resurrection. We're not the old man we used to be. We've been resurrected by the power of God. I'm not the old man I used to be. I'm a new man in Christ Jesus. Royal blood flows within my veins. Eternal life beats within my breast. I'm a child of the most high God. I have authority with God. I have power with God. Hallelujah. You see, I'm talking about third day people. Here's what Moses' response was. We're going to go. Our kids are going with us. Listen, while you're here shouting and we're praising God on Sunday morning, I, I like this commercial on TV. Do you know where your kids are? Do you know where your kids are? I'm not satisfied to go to heaven and let my kids go to hell. I'm not satisfied to go to heaven and let my grandkids go to hell. Listen, we got to get concerned and say we're third day people and we can touch heaven and they're not going to live like this because we're going to pray them out of hell and pray them in the kingdom of God. We're going to touch heaven so that earth will know that God is still on the throne. Oh, come on, church. I'm talking about third day people. We're going to go a full three-day journey. You know, and the Bible tells me, and, and, and I think I'm correct in this, that they left Egypt on the 14th night. Am I right, Brother Jenny? And on the 17th night, they crossed the Red Sea. And Pharaoh was pushing up daisies. Come on. You say, I'm saying when people move in faith, red seas cannot stop you. I'm saying when people move in faith, the strongest army on this planet can't stop you. I'm saying when you move out on the word of God, all hell can't stop you. I'm talking about people that know their God, that move in faith. They're not afraid to believe God. They're not afraid to do what God tells them to do. They don't apologize for God. They just go strong, straightforward in the name of Jesus. They just keep moving on. I wonder if we've got any third day people here tonight. We've got two of you. My God, we need all of you. Now listen, Exodus 19, 10, here's what the Lord said. The Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Let them wash their clothes. Let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, now this is God's first visit to Israel in his presence. God's about to come to church. And he's saying, hey, you wash your clothes. You consecrate yourself because I'm about ready to come to your house. That's what he said. Amen. He said, Moses, Moses been up on the mountain, you know, talking to God. And God says, Moses, go down and tell this people. I brought them out of Egypt. Now I'm about to come down with them. And he said, Tell them to ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. 
When did he come down? Not on the fourth day, not on the fifth day, not on the sixth day, not on the seventh day. He came down on the third day. When's he going to show up on planet Earth? When is he going to pour out the latter rain? Honey, it's going to be in the third day. I believe it's about to happen right now. I believe Peter's prophecy in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. In the last day, God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. We're about to see something we ain't never seen. We've seen pockets of revival, and we've seen countries have revival. But can you imagine the entire planet where God's pouring out his spirit, and it's saturating the whole earth, and it's falling like rain out of heaven? I really didn't intend to get excited tonight. I did bring me a change of shirts, Brother Jimmy. (laughs) Now look, in in verse 16, then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there was thundering and lightning and thick cloud on the mountain and the sound of the trumpet was very loud so that the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. My God in heaven. Can you imagine? It was covered in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked at his presence. Come on. But this stubborn bunch, this backslid bunch, the one that God had parted the Red Sea for, the one that God rained down manna out of heaven, the one that God caused water to come out of a rock. You think if anybody ought to believe God, they ought to believe God. But there's people sitting right here in this building tonight. There's people that's seen all kind of miracles in your life, but all hell breaks loose in your life, and you forget about all the miracles. You forget about what God, you, some of us forget that God reached way down and picked us up. Amen. When our family gave up on us, come on, when nobody could help us, God found us and lifted us up. And sometimes when, when we get a sale by the enemy, a sickness comes, come on, we, we, we have a financial difficulty, we forget that we're serving that same God. And this is where that bunch was. I mean, they go into the promised land about 14 days after they cross the Red Sea. I think they go into the promised land and they send two spies and they come back and they got grapes so big it takes two men to carry one cluster. Come on, and they come back and they got 10 men with them. I believe this was an assembly of God board that they had with them. I pastored long enough to know that you got about two that believes God and about 10 that ain't sure, you know, and you can tell them God told me to do something, but I don't know about that, you know. And, and I just read, I don't pastor. I got the names of those I want to kill right now. Praise God. You know, you can't do nothing for God. It's like an act of Congress, amen, to get the lawnmower to cut the grass. I mean, to change the color of the carpet, you've got to have, uh, you know, 18 signatures, amen, and, and two-thirds of the vote just to change the color of the carpet. I, you know, and, and here was these 10 spies that said, well, you know, it's right. That, those grapes are there, but my God, they some giants over there. And we look like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Well, I don't know what you look like in your own eyes. You see, that's your problem is your own eyes. You see, you got to start looking 
through his eyes. You know what he sees when he looks at you? Somebody's been washed in the blood. He looks at somebody that's filled with the power of God. He looks at somebody that's been baptized with the Holy Ghost that has all nine gifts of the Spirit resident in your spirit. He looks at somebody that's got more power than the devil. He looks at somebody, come on, that's greater than he that's in the world. He looks at somebody, my God, if you just stand up and realize, first of all, your potential. Come on, second of all, your power. I have people say, well, Brother Payne, you act kind of cocky. I know it. I have no problem with that. That's your problem. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. If it seems cocky to you, it's just because you don't feel good about yourself. I'm just old enough, it don't matter no more. What you think? <laughs> Joshua has been listening to this for 40 years. They wandering out there in the wilderness, talk about we came out of Egypt. We're going to the promised land. They just keep wandering around out there for 40 years until God has to kill every one of them, including the leader. And I like God's obituary of Moses. It's the shortest obituary in history. You know what it said? Moses, my servant's dead. That's it. <laughs> it didn't say Moses, my servant. I talked to him in the burning bush, brought Israel and part of the Red Sea and ran. It didn't say nothing. It said Moses, my servant's dead. That's it. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then Joshua takes over. Now notice. Joshua 1, verses 10 and 11. Then Joshua commanded the officer of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourself. Here it is. For within three days, you will cross over the Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord has given you to possess. When did they go in? Not on the fourth day, not on the fifth day, not on the sixth day. They went in on a what day? Come on, why? Third day generation. Third day people. Come on, third day people. Are you a third day person? Do you have revelation of resurrection? Do you realize the power of resurrection? Paul said in his writing to Romans, if the power that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, it will quicken or make alive your mortal body. Come on, I've got news for you. The same power that got Jesus out of that grave is the same power that's resident in you right now. Hell knows it, and it's about time somebody told you. Come on, amen. Hell recognizes it, and it's about time you recognize it. You've got resurrection power inside of you through the the Holy Ghost. You're a third day person. Well, Brother Payne, oh, that's, that, 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 that's all Old Testament. Well, let's go to the New Testament. I got about 10 minutes. Is it all right? I mean, do you need to be anywhere? Have you got any place to go? Well, I won't get mad at you for leaving if you don't get mad at me for staying. I feel like preaching this. I believe somebody's going to get something out of this. Come on. Now Jesus is born and, and, and he's, he's, he's getting ready to 
enter into his miracle ministry. Matter of fact, this is the first miracle that he did in John 2. Now, you may have never noticed this before. It says, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. What day? Huh? Had you ever noticed that before? Hadn't had you. you ever, anybody? You ever noticed that? I never noticed that before. See, see, you can read the Bible and read over stuff if you're not looking for something. But see, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. First miracle Jesus performed was on the third day. And you know the rest of the story. I won't bore you with reading all the details, but, but you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus said, whatever he says to you, do it. Third day, people. Whatever the Lord, he tells you to go down to, you know, to uh, uh, Kroger's tomorrow at 12 o'clock, stand on your head out in the middle of the parking lot, you ought to be out there. <laughs> Come on, I know what you talk about. I pray about it. No, you see, God's not looking for people to pray about stuff. He's looking for folks when he speaks that they move. The Lord's told me some crazy stuff in my life. I remember when I first went in the ministry, Ruby and I were so broke, we, ate, we couldn't even pay attention. I mean, that's how broke we was. I didn't have money to go nowhere, didn't have money to do nothing, but God called me to preach. And I, I had a call from a guy down in Florida. He was in South Florida. He said, uh, can you come and preach uh, me a revival? I tell you, my car wouldn't even have made it to the Georgia line, much less Florida. Come on. Anybody ever been there where you had an old car like that? Come on. I mean, you just get in there. Oh, Lord Jesus, let me make it to church. Oh, Lord, just help me. Anybody ever been like that? I remember those times. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. And just come on into church, you know, have church and get in it. Lord, Lord Jesus, help me get back to the house. <laughs> and that's where we were. And, and, and I started praying about it. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, this man wants me to come preach. He said, go on to the airport and stand in line. I thought, that's the craziest thing I ever heard in my life, you know. Go on to the airport, stand in line. I said, Lord, I ain't got any money. I ain't no way I can buy a ticket. He said, I told you to go to the airport and stand in line. I told Ruby, I packed my bag. She said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Florida. She said, where are you going to get the money? I said, I don't know. The Lord told me to go stand in the line. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? It's just like this. I just went to the, Ron, I just went up there and just like I had money and just stood there in the line, you know, and, and wondering <laughs> what I'm going to do when I get up there, you know. <laughs> and God is my witness. A man walked out around the crowd. He said, Brother Payne, where are you headed? I said, I'm going to Florida. He said, would you honor me by letting me buy your ticket? That's my first miracle, Brother Jimmy. That's my first miracle. Amen. He bought my ticket. I went to Florida and preached a revival when we had souls saved and lives changed. And I've been doing it now for, you know, 36 years full time. I've been preaching this gospel around the world and God keeps meeting every need. Some of you have even asked me, you know, in times past, how can I give to your ministry? God told me to open up my left pocket on every one of my suits. So tonight, if you've got $1,000, put it in this left pocket. I'm not kidding you. I said that and time and time again had people put money in my pocket. 
Amen. I don't make any apologies for taking money to use for the kingdom. Hallelujah. Whatever he says to you, do it. How many of you remember in Matthew 15, 13, how Jesus fed the multitudes? How many of you, how many of you remember when Jesus fed the multitudes? How many took five loaves and two fishes and fed how many people? 5,000, and they estimate with women and children, around 15,000. You know, and, and I preach this in Alabama where a bunch of rednecks are. They won't know if it's bass or crappie. Amen. That's all they're concerned about, what kind of fish it was. Was it catfish or was it coffee? What, what do you have? I don't know what he had. I was in the Holy Land and had what they call Peter's fish. Brother Jimmy, you know what I'm talking about, the Peter's fish. And, uh, but uh, here's what Jesus said to his disciples. They said, just send them away. Here's what Jesus said. Have they not been with us? How many days? Have they not been with us? Three days. Have they not been with us? Three days. It was on the third day that the fish was multiplied. It was on the third day that the loaves were multiplied. Well, hmm. in Esther, the fifth chapter, verses one and two, it said it happened on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace. You know why? She said, I've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Hezekiah, 2 Kings 20, was dying. Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I've heard your prayer and I've seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. <laughs> Let me sum up what I've said. The third day was when the prisoners of Pharaoh were set free. third day is when God parted the Jordan so that the children of Israel could possess the land. I understand the promised land was divided into three different sections. Israel only conquered one. Two remain unconquered. You know why? Because every Christian has a tendency to just get enough. They have no more than enough mentality. Third day people have more than enough mentality. Because you see, the Bible never said that Jesus or God is more is enough. It said he's more than enough. <laughs> now if you need $20 and you get $20, you've got enough. But if you need $20 and you get $2,000, you got more than enough. You understand what I'm saying? 
And I got more than enough because I stopped seeking enough and started seeking more than enough. Most of my life I operated in debt and credit. And every time I, you know, start going through tough times, I say, Lord, please get me back to the place where I was. <laughs> and he'd take me back to the place where I was, where I had enough. One day I got tired of that. I said, Lord, take me to a place I ain't never been. <laughs> That's 25 years ago. I've been debt-free and been living in abundance since that time. I'm not kidding you. Oh, you can, you can do better than that. Some of you are still back there in the second day. You need to come on up in the third day. Well, the third day is when Jesus started his miracle ministry. The third day is when he fed the multitudes. Come on. And if I'm not mistaken, it was on the third day when the angels were sitting up on the stone and said, he's not here. For he is risen. Come on, come see the place where the Lord lay. I've been to that tomb. There's a sign up over that door. Brother Jimmy testified this. It said he is not here, for he is risen. You stand in that tomb, whether it's an actual place or not, I don't know. But when I stand in that tomb, something comes over me. Come on, you know why? Because that grave is empty and there's no other God on the planet Amen, that men worship that has to a testament an empty tomb. Come on. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. If you read the Quran, which is the foundation of all Muslim and Islam religion, it will say this, Jesus was not crucified. They only made it to appear that he was crucified. Well, if he was not crucified, Paul said if he did not die and he did not resurrect, we have no foundation of hope. But if Christ be risen, come on, if Christ be risen, and that, I'm telling you, you can erase the if and say it like this, Christ is risen. Come on. You need to remove the if and the butts out of your life. Come on, and realize that Jesus did resurrect from the dead on the third day. And because he lives, you live. Because he had power, you have power. Because he had authority, you have authority. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. I gotta quit preaching. I gotta quit preaching. I tell you, I could preach all night on this. Amen. The third day. Will you, can I challenge you to become a third day person? Stop seeking revival and start seeking being raised up. A great picture of this in the 47th chapter of Ezekiel. I believe that's a picture of the church. It appears as though it were dead, laying in a graveyard. In disarray and discord and not brought together, but when you start prophesying, I prophesy third day over River of Life Church. I prophesy third day anointing over our pastor. I prophesy third day anointing over our leadership. I prophesied death and destruction to everyone that would speak against River of Life Church, try to bring division or lead people out of our body. I prophesy destruction and death over them in the name of Jesus. Yeah. 
This is not just a place. This is a special place. This is a God place. And God forbid that anyone come in this place and try to bring discord or division because anointing flows through unity. I curse them in the name of Jesus. I curse their actions. I curse everything that they say. May their words fall to the ground. May their tongue cleave to the roof of their mouth. May every turn they take bring destruction and crisis. Hallelujah. May River of Life have harmony. May we have unity. May we have the anointing of the third day on this people. I'm going to challenge you that are here. Don't ever let friendship and acquaintances and relationships take you away from the Word of God. Come on. Amen. You go with God. You go and do what God tells you to do. At the darkest of days I was lost without hope Just an old sinner thief At the end of my rope In my mind was a scripture Many times I had scorned While down the road they led Jesus They claimed virgin born That day I met Jesus Hanging there on a tree I spoke and he beckoned to me I left a lifetime of misery hanging there don't you see that day I met Jesus that day he saved me there was nothing to do that would alter my past that's when I knew that this day was my last they nailed this man Jesus on a cross next to me There I opened my heart, new life to receive That day I met Jesus hanging there on a tree I heard as he spoke and he beckoned to me I left a lifetime of misery hanging there friend are you lost do you not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God there is none righteous no not one the Bible says uh, in John chapter 3 verse 3 that we must be born again in order to see the kingdom of God in John 14 6 Jesus said I am the way the truth the life no man comes to the Father but by me. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you're not sure, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never asked him into your heart, 
then I'm going to give you a chance to pray a prayer of salvation right now, and God's going to save you. That's right. You don't have to go to church to get saved. I got saved in the cab of a semi-truck out on the road driving 65 mile an hour down the highway and Jesus Christ come into my life and save me and he can do the same for you right now if you'll believe in your heart and trust in him the Bible says in uh, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved that we're justified we can be justified with jesus christ and justified is just if i'd never sinned and that's what jesus christ is going to do to you if you believe with all your heart and confess with your mouth he's going to save you as the scripture says anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame for there is no difference between jew and and Gentile, the same Lord is Lord over all and richly blesses all who call on him. All means all and that's all it means. There's no difference between Jews and Gentiles. And Jesus Christ wants to come into your life right now and save you. If you'll pray a simple prayer of salvation and ask him into your heart, he's going to save you. Pray with me right now if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Pray this simple little prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. I want to give my life totally to you. I surrender all. I want to live for you from this day forward. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Lord, I ask you to come into my life and change me from the inside out. And God, I will live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse uh, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you prayed that prayer with all your heart, then you are saved. And now what you need to do is you need to call someone and tell them that you just asked Jesus Christ into your life and you are saved. All right, friends, if you prayed and asked Jesus Christ into your heart, then we want you to give us a call. Our phone number is 618-383-2107, and we're going to end today's program like we end most of our programs. That's with my testimony in song that I wrote with the help of my songwriting partner, Tom Caldwell, and now we've got a new songwriting partner, Dennis McKay, and he has helped us with this song and brought it up to a new level. Here's... Dennis McKay with At the Foot of the Tree off of our brand new CD, Lonesome Road, Volume 1. And yes, you'll be able to get a copy of this CD by calling us, 618-383-2107. Here's Dennis McKay with At the Foot of the Tree. Without hope, 18 wheels of lonesome at the end of the road. In my hand was a track the preacher had read, his words still echoing in 
the back of my head I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past Then I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart from down on my knees Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree Road, and I shared the good news wherever I go. Yes, there's been a change. I'm not the man I used to be, and I tell everybody what's happened to me. How I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past, but I called his name. This chance, could it be my last? Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart from down on my knees Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome so long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken-hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree